0: Forget
1: come with us I'm not, I'm not the movie <laughs> Hello. We're live.
0: Hello,
2: everyone. <laughs> we are.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, for those that uh don't know, we are movie oubliet, the continental connecting podcast with me, Dan. Returned from camping through the high country and snowy mountains of Victoria and New South Wales, now down back in Melbourne, Australia. And me, Conrad, in a very bare studio in Cambridge, UK. In this podcast or live stream now, uh, we deliberate (laughs) over genre films, horror, sci-fi and fantasy because nothing beats an hour and a half of vampires and witches kicking ass and exploding into fiery embers. Hello, Conrad. How are you (laughs) in this new medium? I'm very
0: well. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, a slightly nervous but excited. A hundred episodes, Dan. Yes, Can you believe it? This is
2: our hundredth episode, so I've got, I've got the. Uh... <laughs> it's, a, it's a party
0: in here. It is, yes. Everyone is welcome. So we've reviewed ninety-eight films so far. One episode was a Christmas. Ask me anything. We've set free sixty nine of them from the Eubliet and thrown back twenty nine. Are we doing a good job, do you think? Or are we too lax? I think lax? so. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> I hope we so. A, yeah. We do have a tendency towards the uh, more obscure movies there. We do, yes, and we always try to find good things about them, which I think is great. That's what we set out to do. So mm, mm. it's pretty amazing though. So how's that studio we've had going, s- Conrad? Well, yeah, we are, I'm halfway, so I'm sort of, all all of the shelves have gone, but uh, yes, the machinery is still here just for this live stream, and then over Easter, I'll be migrating into the garden, so that's exciting.
1: Mm -hmm, And how is mm
2: -hmm. camping? Camping was fun. I I love getting away from the city and just uh, roughing it for a bit. Um, Two things that we did that is uh, movie-related, whilst camping, we, we watched The Man from Snowy River in Koryong. And we also watched the movie Jindabyne in Jindabyne. So only Aussies will know the relevance of all of that. But um, yeah, <laughs> It's fun. What, it's good to be back. It though. sounds like there's something that should be done, though. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, so what are we doing today, Conrad? Well, well,
0: let me just head on over to that oobliette <laughs> to find out. Just yes. One second.
2: yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
0: Episodes in, you think we'd uh, yeah. boil this thing? Okay, I know, I, I've right? Got something. Do you have got it? <laughs> you have got right? it. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank goodness.
0: <laughs> okay, I have with me a film called The Witch's Hammer. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, yes, it's a it's a 2006 low budget British horror movie, uh, directed by James Eaves and starring Claudia Coulter and Stephanie Beecham. So there we mm-hmm. go.
2: <laughs> mhm. All right. I guess let's let's get into it. Do you want to know the synopsis? Oh yes. Sorry. <laughs> 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 what, what's this movie about, Conrad?
0: Okay. So, loving wife and mum Rebecca is killed by a vampire whilst Jay walking down the middle of the street late one night and is brought back to life as a genetically engineered vampire and trained in martial arts by a secret agency called Project 571 to fight vampires and witches. Mm-hmm. When Project 571 is destroyed, Rebecca is recruited by the mysterious Madeline and a mansplaining exposition addict called Edward to stop the evil vampire and an apparent boy band reject Hugo Renoir from obtaining The Witch's Hammer, an ancient spellbook he intends to use for some unspecified evil. Along the way, Rebecca and Edward are attacked by a bizarre parade of magical villains, each of which luckily appears immediately after exposition Edward has narrated their backstory over a flashback. But Rebecca dispatches all of them immediately, usually with a striking pose in leather pants. But can Rebecca and Edward would stop Hugo from whatever he's doing? Will they be double crossed <laughs> by someone who turns out to be his relative in a third act twist? Let's find
2: out. Mm, mm. <laughs> All right, Conrad. Well, today we have a special guest. He's, he's a current staff member of the prestigious Cambridge University music composer for hit record on TV and co host and music extraordinaire for Movie Oubliette podcast. Today we welcome to the show, the very talented and impeccably dressed Music for the film we will be discussing today, The Witch's Hammer. Welcome, Mr. Conrad Chambers.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, yet again we have someone who worked on the film as part of the pod, and for the hundredth episode special, it's it's me. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) It's you. It's
2: you. So before I ask how you got involved, uh, let's let's start with the title, The Witch's Hammer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no apostrophe. Missing something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My, as a professional, I started off as an editor, a copy editor, and 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 that bugged the hell out of me. I've been wanting to put a possessive on the end of witches all of my life. I did mm. point it out to the director. There is a, there is an error, in your title, and he said yes. that it, it just makes it simpler for distributors that they just didn't like it. So
2: they it didn't like the grammatical
0: correctness of no, <laughs> no, nope. not at all. No, so it's. The plural witches hammer verb. They're, they're, they're all hammering for some yeah. reason.
2: The witches hammer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is. Uh, we'll get into it later. There is a, a bit of a lacking of witches in this movie, and and hammering. <laughs> um, we'll get into that. So, Conrad, how did you get involved in this project, and what what drew you to this film? Well, it was my first film,
0: so my first opportunity to score a feature film. My brother worked with the producer, Laura Tennant, and uh, Laura and her partner, James Eves, were making a lot of movies in Southampton, but not not for their day job. So it was evenings and weekends, zero-budget movie making. And originally, they used to do it uh, in concert with uh johannes roberts who has right. gone on to a much bigger career so they started off sort of co-directing like the cohen brothers uh so they did a movie called sanitarium featuring the spoonbender yuri geller uh mm-hmm. two films alice and hellbreeder featuring dominique pignon from delicatessen as you know regular yes and then H- johannes went separately and did things like 47 meters down, Strangers Pray at Night, and most recently, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. And James uh, Eves went solo and did things like this. <laughs> yes. And uh, I I was invited to to do the score for it. And I thought, um, this is a great experience. Let's let's give it a go. And that mm. was in 2002. The film came out in 2006. So it was a long slog. Mm,
2: yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And uh, can you explain to viewers or listeners out there how you made the music? Because it was a bit of a process, wasn't
0: it? It was. So back in 2006, I had MIDI keyboards, synthesizers, but I did not have a sampler that could estimate an orchestra. So the way that I would do it is that I would... um, I would compose everything with synths and then I would take samples from a company called East West. I still mm-hmm. have all of the sample packs. they' were on CDs. You'd burn the individual tracks and then you'd you'd copy and paste individual notes to replace yes. <laughs> each note the synthesizer was making by hand one uh-huh. by one, track by track. Mm-hmm. It was painful. It took yes. me about a week <laughs> to do
2: a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh my God. And, and and didn't you say you had to delete, every, for each new queue you had to delete it all and then back it up and then on CD and then start again?
0: Yeah, because back then hard drives weren't very big. So, yeah, I could do one track at a time on my hard drive and then I'd have to burn it into a CD-ROM mm-hmm. and then uh, start a new one. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a long and painful process. Um, so it was lucky that they were filming over the course of three years because... yeah. It took me that long to sort of keep up with all the changing edits and so on.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: All right, sh- shall we get into the film itself?
0: Yes, let's. Uh, did you spot themes and story and character arcs in this movie, Dan?
2: I, I didn't. I didn't. But they did talk <laughs> about it in the making of, and I was, yeah, a bit com- confused. I mean, this movie does have a striking res- resemblance to other films of the time so um yeah so so films like like resident evil and underworld and blood rain and yes blade um doomsday i mean that alone the posters every every single vampire poster back then had red (laughs) as as their base color i mean it makes sense it does make sense um it does but yes this, this was the age of uh, the, the, the kick-ass female lead, uh, often in some sort of vampire, werewolf, vo- zombie uh, genre film. And yes, it looks very similar, very similar.
0: Uh, doesn't it just, yeah.
2: So um i guess they were they were following
0: a trend and uh ladies with swords in tight trousers was the trend back
2: then yes yes i mean also buffy the vampire slayer was seemed to be a Mm. very huge uh influence on this film but i do have to say like pre the 90s female sort of action heroes didn't really exist so even though this does seem like a trope and it's very cliche it kind of had to happen
0: yeah, you're quite right. Actually, it wasn't something that you saw a great deal. I mean, this also has a lot in common with La Femme Nikita, for example. Yes. Somebody being yes. trained to be an assassin, which I think was the '80s, wasn't it? I remember the Bridget Fonda remake, but let's right. not let's not remember that. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, no, yeah, best not. Um, but it's, um, it, I suppose it is good to see, a, you know, a cool ass-kicking female lead character in a movie um it would be great if if you could understand her dialogue and if the choreography of the fight scenes were mm. better but there we go yeah
2: yeah so it, it, it does immediately come across as as quite b-grade uh, just from from that and also just the overall look i don't know what it is i don't know anything about cinematography <laughs> and lighting really but just from e- any frame in the movie just looks little ugly at times like odd lighting choices odd framing choices um but when you do watch the making of it does make sense why things look certain ways because if you just uh, zoom out just a little bit it looks even worse like like they would have a corner of a church to work with and they couldn't really zoom out
0: further than that no, it, it does show the signs of its limitations the whole way through. I think there was a lot of heart and a lot of effort put into it. And let's be honest, mm. looking at the script, they really did go for an ambitious movie. I mean, this isn't like Cube, where it's one set I and a know. small group of characters. It's this a is a lot of locations. A lot of locations, 12 main characters, several different time periods, loads of flashbacks in different styles. So many, yes. <laughs> so many flashbacks, yes. So many flashbacks. So it's it's ambitious what they had attempted to achieve here. And so hmm. it's not surprising that you see that the production design couldn't stretch beyond, you know, a few metres directly in front of the camera. Yes, yes. Sometimes. And also, James was pretty determined to shoot on film which in 2006 was, um, yeah, quite a prospect for a low-budget mm. movie. This is 35mm film that he was shooting on, and he was trying to light and shoot on that. So often they would get one take, and if nobody fell over and the set didn't fall over, <laughs> cut, print, move on, because yeah. film is expensive. It's, like,
2: cripplingly expensive. So, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. it speaks for itself, really. <laughs> And, and I, I'm, I'm assuming they, they edited digitally, like they would have had to transfer film to digital. Yeah,
0: it looks like it. Yeah. But I don't know. For, I don't know
2: for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Some of the editing choices were, were odd to me and actually quite confusing, especially when on the first watch, when we did the watch along. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah certain scenes that i didn't realize were the same lo- supposed to be the same location i thought there were three intercut scenes uh right. or, or certain things like <laughs> when when she goes after the the w- during the fight with the the witches in, in that warehouse it's one of those pointless fights like why is she killing witches when she's gonna side with them i don't okay anyway she goes outside to grab her gun but you never see the edit of her like a close-up of her grabbing the gun so a looks like she just runs outside to cock the gun to run back inside <laughs> <laughs> It just it, it's confusing like little little editing things like that in the movie was were very confusing on the first watch
0: yeah i think she goes to collect a gun which which begs the question why did she enter the warehouse just with her helmet in the first place and not with her gun it seems an yeah.
2: odd choice i would have left yeah. the helmet with a bike to be honest mm. but there we go yeah also, that scene was confusing to me because they'd never shown the outside of like the uh, the headquarters of this agency previously. So I had no, no idea where she was. Uh, and, no. and so especially on the first watch, like, who are these dead people on the ground? And then I realized on the second watch but maybe i was just being a bit slow
0: no i I don't think you were dan i think the only reason that i know what was going on is because i'd seen it thousands of times and read the script so yeah yeah. i think sometimes you get establishing shots in the weirdest places oh yes
2: yes (laughs) the Um, motel scene
0: (laughs) the motel scene yeah so you get the obligatory dream sequence where edward um dreams that madeline is is getting rather familiar with him and then he, he it's has odd a, yeah it's odd it's completely unmotivated and then he has a, a vampire shock and then he wakes up and, mm. and looks at a matchstick book that identifies the motel and mm. just in case you were worried that he was being tricked and that this wasn't the motel we cut to mm. the outside of the motel to look at a sign yeah. of the motel but just, it's just not so even you're lo- sure
2: It's not even the the motel itself. It's a sign on a random road advertising the motel. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they didn't have the rights to just shoot the exterior of the motel. I don't know. Probably not. No. Yeah. (laughs) So they yeah there you go. Mm, Yeah,
0: mm. there are some odd choices. One of my favourite establishing shots. I delivered a piece of music called um, "In the Church of Le Cardinal." and there is um, an establishing shot Le, yeah, Le yeah. the and there is an establishing see? shot for that that holds for I think it's it's 20 seconds it holds for and every time oh, I yes. toll a bell on the score it just cuts to slightly closer mm, <laughs> it's like, that's, mm. that is it's like not the way cut, I scored yeah. it yeah, yeah, that is not the way I scored it. It's not the way it was intended. So
2: uh, I don't know. James loved the music and just couldn't resist. I don't know. I yeah. couldn't tell you. I, I <laughs> remember that establishing shot. It, it just seemed to go on forever and for no yeah, it's like reason. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 20 seconds, but it feels like 20 minutes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So we, yeah. we did talk briefly about the, the fight choreography. Um Yeah, it, it's... I mean, on one hand, uh, it's lit very well. Like, you can Mm. see that everything that's going on, it's not just a big blurry flurry of punches and close-ups. I mean, at times it is. But for the most part, you can see what's going on. Uh, On the other hand, you can see everything that's going on, even when punches don't connect, uh, and even when people are falling over for no reason, it, it does yeah. come across as a little bit unconvincing. Yeah, or sometimes they fall over in the background into a
0: crouching position and then just decide to stay there. Yeah. You know, squatting, yeah. you know, which must burn the thighs. So I'm, I'm yeah, oh. perplexed as to why you would choose to do that. Mm, unless, mm, mm. yeah, And I don't know. There's something interesting on the floor that they're looking at. Maybe they're checking their phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so not all of the punches land. The thing is, you can tell that the choreography is good. Um, it's mm. by a guy called Chris Tanaka, you know, and it's you can tell there's an intent there. It's complex. Yeah. It's interesting. There are lots of movements going on. The camera's in the right place. The editing mm. is right. It's just that they needed three or four takes to get it really Mm, snappy where they have the muscle memory to do it without hitting each other but Mm. we don't get that we get take one just yes you know because they they couldn't keep rolling film all the time so yeah
2: the the so this uh the fight choreographer what ended up being in the film as well he's the the henchman of of hugo that has that that fight scene with um with rebecca uh, I yeah. actually forgot the protagonist's name uh, when I was re- when I was writing up my notes because she's it's only mentioned her name's only really mentioned at the start. Yes. Uh, which drink would you like, Rebecca?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Instead of red pill, blue pill, it's pint of water, pint of blood, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the the beverage choices in this movie. I mean, in the pub as well, there are only two choices, orange juice or cranberry juice, <laughs> it seems. and no ice, <laughs> no straws, nothing. It just looks like a, a pint
0: of orange juice. <laughs> yeah, And even more miraculous, miraculous, it's a British pub with table service, which I've never oh. experienced. Oh, you've never? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe
0: it's meant to be in America. Maybe that's
2: what it is. Yeah. Uh, watching the, the behind-the-scenes making of, it, it is quite obvious that the actors would arrive on set and not really know what was going on, and the director was pretty much narrating blocking, which I found yeah. very... It, it, it just seemed like no one knew what was going on or how the scenes were going to... They didn't do any rehearsals or anything, so the director would just say it now. Walk on stream." street screen and, and look this way and then pick up this and then so i yeah. feel really sorry for whoever mixed this which would have had to replace all of the audio because the director yeah, is talking much. in every take
0: yeah yeah with, with really uh, useful directions along the lines
2: of yeah you're looking at that and you're thinking what's that <laughs> yeah Although one scene, it does work uh, and it's purely because there isn't any dialogue um, and that is the the black and white flashback scene um, to to Tudor England, I guess. Um, It it looked good, but it doesn't work in terms of director narrating said uh, actions.
0: uh, That's a scene that I really enjoy, actually. And oddly enough, um, for that, I composed a waltz that's very sort of Danny Elfman-esque. And apparently, because it was composed prior to filming, I believe it was played on set
2: while they were ah, filming. Because there's no dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved that so, flashback. I thought it was it was it was just like a a really nice self-contained like short film almost. It's very funny. I mean, we could let's talk. I mean, if we talk about the tone
0: of the film to mm. begin with, I got the sense that it was supposed to be like deathly serious. You know, it's one of those. Straight to video rental, red cover movies. That's all swords mm-hmm. and and tightly clad butt cheeks, and it's serious, serious stuff. And um, but halfway through, this movie decides just to have fun, and when it does, mm. it starts to take off. Actually, I think it's, it's some of the intentional
2: comedy is intentionally funny. Yes, yes, I would agree. Uh, I, I felt like if it leaned more into that, more into the sort of mm. black comedy horror like like Sam Rabin films or like early Peter Jackson or um like Stuart Gordon movies like really lean into the B grade it could have been a really enjoyable um sort of watch but all the serious stuff was so cringy like I did really like the intentional comedy but yeah oh some of those I mean it was it was going for a style and aesthetic I guess
0: yeah Yeah, and sometimes it tries to sort of do the grandiose thing and then undercut it with a bit of comedy. So, you know, the big bad guy, Hugo, summoning the souls of the damned, and then his grandmother interrupts. You know, it's, but the trouble is the grandiose parts aren't grandiose enough for the contrast to fully work, I don't think. Mm, But still, the intent is there. And and a lot of the times it pays off.
2: Yeah. I mean the having that many flashbacks as well really does kind of stifle the kind of momentum of the film like if if you're going to have that many just making a like an anthology film like have it, yeah. make it so that you have some really great little short like films um joined together rather than having it just it felt like it was in- interrupting the main the main movie yeah It does, and as I sort of
0: alluded to in my synopsis for the movie... It is structurally it is quite strange that you get these lengthy introductions to these characters that are just
2: immediately dispatched as soon as they come up against Rebecca. Yeah, so. either immediately dispatched or you never see them until the end of the film. Like Victor, you just—he doesn't do anything until the the last fight scene. It, it's like, what, who was this guy again? Like uh, when he uh, when he appears, it's it's so strange because you don't, you don't establish anything about him. He's just the guy with the moustache. Yeah, and he's not a very
0: um, imposing presence, really. But I mean, it, yeah, it's okay. There are some third act revelations in there that, are, yeah, I think they, you know, they reach for surprise and 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 they sort of work if you've been able to track everything that's happened beforehand.
2: But that, mm. that's a bit of a challenge. Mm all right well let's talk about characters and acting uh mm-hmm. i don't know any of these actors not even stephanie beecham uh, not even King.
0: stephanie beecham she was no. she was a <laughs> british actress that excelled at being like a total bitch in things like dynasty and the colbys for mm, many okay. many years in the 80s so the rival to dallas i don't know whether you watched any of these soapy american things Well, yeah, she she was in that and she's also in one of the Dracula movies, Dracula AD 1972, I think. Okay. Okay. so, yeah, she's been in a horror movie before and she did this really as a favor to a, you know, burgeoning film director just to to pay back to the to the next generation, which was very sweet of her just filming evenings and weekends, probably not for very much
2: yeah in the, in the in the making of they said she only she only did four days of filming wow, okay which is yeah impressive she she does have a presence in the movie doesn't she feel like really four does days. yeah i mean there's you know you've got a pro there who's used to
0: daytime soap so if you say you've only got one take she's gonna nail it and she does i mean there's some really lovely moments in there from stephanie Beacham. i particularly mm. like um when she has that scene with charlotte and oscar where they ambush her in her own flat I think I'm not entirely sure she just seems to be walking into a hovel in the (laughs) darkness in a glittery outfit for some reason but anyway they they attack her in her own home I think and Oscar makes some crack about her missing an eye because she's wearing Mm. an eye patch throughout the whole thing and Mm -hmm. she doesn't do a full eye roll there's just this I don't know what she does with her face but it's this tiny micro reaction to Mm. it that um, tells you that this this is just ugh, tedious, you know, but it's it's really
2: small and
0: it really picks up on screen. So, mm. yeah, she's a pro. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, whereas the other actors, uh, so, I mean, fair, <laughs> to be fair, like Cla- uh, Claudia Coulter, um, she, did, she did pretty well with what she had to work with. I, I think it's all ADR'd as well. So all of, I yeah. think her voice is all just um, done dubs over in post and she's got an accent so. in the movie which she doesn't have in the making of like why not just have her speak in the normal english accent yeah i i don't
0: really know She's a model, I know that, so perhaps not a- acting wasn't her first calling, but uh, she looks great and she clearly really put everything into the fight scenes, for example, she went for it. So mm. that's commendable. But yeah, she, mm. it seems like she struggles with the dialogue and not all of it is audible either. I couldn't hear all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: uh, I mean, especially if it's it's dubbed over, it, it makes no sense. Like what? Why not? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: turn it Dub up it louder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish they turned the music up here and there as well. Yeah, but maybe that's music. just a composer's uh, bias.
2: No, I I wish the music was a bit louder. Uh, the fight scenes, especially, it seems like it's it's barely even audible. Um, and mm. the only the only part where the music really had time to shine was was in that um, black and white flashback. Like it was, yeah. it really worked there.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't competing
2: with anything there apart from sound effects. So
0: mm,
2: mm, mm. yeah. Uh, so this this movie does have uh, over over reliance for post production. So we've talked about sound, a lot of CGI in this movie, mm. but not not great CGI. Uh,
0: no, I mean it's not lawnmower man. No. <laughs> it's not CGI. ugly. Yeah, it's not <laughs> no <laughs> fluoro colours. <laughs> I mean it's it's not comple- a complete failure. I mean it's it's three D particle physics and it reminds me a lot of buffy it looks like tv cgi you know where the stuff mm. that you have to turn around really quickly at standard definition but for a thirty-five millimeter film, it struggles a bit in comparison with bigger budget movies, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think Melinda mentioned it was a very xena esque, and it, yeah, right. it was.
0: <laughs> okay, I've never seen Xena. I really should, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, Maybe
2: it doesn't not? age very well. Okay. Like it was fun at the time. <laughs> I watched it when I was a kid, and because it was filmed New Zealand, you know, I was quite, pr- you know, a little bit proud of it being from New Zealand. But uh, yeah, watching it now, it's a hard—it's hard watch. It's—it's it's very slapsticky. Okay. Lots of like cartoony sound effects, um, a lot of flipping. Um, there was no flipping in this movie. Actually, I, I expected we've got martial arts and fight scenes. There's no flipping. What's some flipping? No, but you get the sense that
0: they're very, very careful of the floors because whenever anybody dies, they're either on bubble wrap or a sheet. Have
2: you noticed? Yeah, that? yeah. The the bubble wrap <laughs> killed me. Uh, it's, it's, for some reason, every time there are guns, there are also there's also bubble wrap to protect the guns. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're a rare thing in the UK. You don't see
0: them very often. It's, uh, guns or bubble wrap? <laughs> guns. No, <laughs> no, we we have bubble wrap. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What else can we talk about? Um, I don't know. Uh, Looking at the CGI. Yeah. I, I things that. I thought worked. Um, the f- the female lead wasn't sexualized. Like there weren't any butt shots or cleavage shots. No, was... she has a
0: habit of unzipping
2: her top. At well, yes, interesting. A lot moments. Of, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't overly. I don't know, gross, look, gross or uh, creepy. Um, yeah, there no. were a lot of a striking of poses and hair flips. And um, I mean that that pose <laughs> after the 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 the, the mask fight scene is is odd it's an it's an odd choice so let's see it <laughs> yeah there you go yeah it's an odd choice <laughs> they must have deliberated yeah. about that for for a while or maybe it's uh, improvised i'm not sure
0: i know i think it's a very deliberate yoga pose of some description it probably has a name i don't know what it is not being a proponent of yoga myself <laughs> but um i mean good on her i mean and her knees mm. i couldn't do that without being in traction the day after so i mean <laughs> yeah
2: yeah uh yeah and, and another thing i liked about a, a film i think someone mentioned in, in the watch along the fact that the male i don't know support uh, wasn't just another action hero he was he was he was kind of da- the damsel in this movie he was To a point where I didn't really know why he was in this movie, apart from exposition, exposition, explaining (laughs) of of plot points. He didn't do a lot. Yeah, he's a veritable geyser
0: of exposition, isn't he, Edward? Yes. But... um... He's he's probably the only character that has an arc. I mean, I really tried to hone in on that final scene where he's getting a beating from Victor. Um, mm. I turned in like a cue a that was dirge like as though this is this is really sad. This guy's just found out that his wife was killed by Stephanie Beecham. Uh, or mm. at least she arranged it and this guy is the guy who did it and he's just beating him to death slowly. And I thought, this is, you know, some real pathos here. So, you know, I went for it with his character. But I thought it was kind of sad that um, Rebecca invites him to do some more exposition. I think this is exposition burst number four of six that I counted. Um, And he does his own (laughs) backstory about his wife being killed by a vampire and then coming back as a vampire and attacking him. And um, Rebecca, who's in her coffin on the train, um, pretends that she's asleep. Mm. after he's finished telling his story rude i I know
2: (laughs) i know i know i mean yeah her character arc was odd because you never really saw her before like she she seemed a little bit i guess feeble and 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 weak when she's training um Mm. and she she doesn't kill that guy he just he doesn't die it's disappointing um, but then yeah, she's the just suddenly going, yeah. cold and and just I don't know it's it's such a strange you never see her before I, I noticed as well in all the flashbacks with her husband and son she's not in the flashbacks so <laughs> you don't you don't I, I don't feel anything it just looks like we're seeing um, I don't know stock footage of of <laughs> father and son like a, I don't see any connection with her. No, I mean, we, I tried to generate pathos for her while she
0: you know, stood under the shade of the tree watching her family with her her vampire-saving sunglasses that seemed mm. to protect her from everything. Um, but yeah, it's tricky um, because, I don't know, I don't, I, I, yeah, like you say, you don't get um, a, a sense of what her life was like before or how painful this is for her. And then the family's gone for the whole movie Mm. And I don't even know if she went back to them at the end. I don't know what happens at the end, really. She just wanders off out of frame with a book under her arm. So I don't know.
2: Yes, yes. So I don't know what the arc is there. Going back, uh, let's go back to the book. So the book is called The Witch's Hammer. Mm. Is that right? Because I didn't get that until the second watch, that the book (laughs) is called The Witch's Hammer because they only mention it once and they never, never refer to it as The Witch's Hammer ever again. Uh, yeah, Malleus Malficarum. Or I'm probably pronouncing that horribly,
0: horribly wrong. Yeah, but that, that's that's the book. She writes the Witch's Hammer after hammering somebody. Yes, Catania. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's an odd choice for a title as well because there aren't that many witches in the movie. Um, no. And not a lot of hammering, so it's no. it's it's confusing.
0: <laughs> it is confusing, and when the witches do um, show up, they seem to be sort of flippy things with starves and balls glowing balls which yeah wasn't what i was expecting from witches but there we go no. And then Stephanie Beech- Beecham turns full emperor at the end and starts sort of lightning ah, yes. bolting the lightning. Edward yes. on the floor, which is great. Yeah. But yeah, different. <laughs> 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 yeah, it wasn't, wasn't what I was expecting. But I never really got a sense of what the witch's hammer was meant to do or no. why it was important.
2: So they were trying oh, to resurrect yeah. some lost souls of the damned or something. I did really like those cloaked. Um, Figures. I thought they were really yeah, they were, really terrifying. They actually. were pretty
0: cool. Yeah, the mouths, the the weird mouths that that are superimposed over the top and the glowing eyes. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad, is it? I
2: mean, it looks like they're wearing your grandma's curtains, but it,
0: it's not bad. They're I puppets, like them. I think I like yeah. them. Yeah,
2: they they were puppets. Um what was confusing though because I watched when when you watched the the making of, they're they're actually incredibly tall. They're huge. Yeah. They look like they're 2-3 meters tall. But in the movie, because of how it's shot, Hugo isn't looking upwards. He's looking directly (laughs) flat. flat, And so it appears that they're the same height as normal humans. Yeah, or smaller,
0: because he's crouched over a candle the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah, and there's no shot to show, over-the-shoulder shot to show them sort of cowering over him. No. Mm. No.
2: No. It's like, a. Why even make them that huge if you are going to film it like that in editing? Yeah, because it, cause like it made the puppeteering really awkward. But yeah, it's just it's
0: just time. I am sure it's just time they just couldn't get all the shots that they wanted mm-hmm. um, on the day, so we ended up with the shots that we, that they got. So right, yeah, oh,
2: okay,
1: yeah,
0: the thrills of low budget movie making, I guess. <laughs>
2: But how was it as an experience for you, like filming, uh, scoring
0: it? Well, I got on really well with Jim. I mean, he's a really nice guy and really enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he always pushed me to to do more and make the music bigger. And he was always really enthusiastic about the cues I sent back. It was a long slog. It was four mm. years of revisions and revisions and revisions, wow. um, and and then it came out. And I and I was just proud that I'd done um, so much music. It was briefly released by Movie Score Media. Uh, so uh, yeah, and you can get the score online if you <laughs> if you really want to. It's on Spotify and iTunes and so on. But um, yes. so I, I'm glad I did it. Um, but um, yeah, the. Uh, The movie speaks for itself, I guess. That's a Mm. way of saying Yeah. (laughs) Would would
2: you score another movie, Conrad? Um, uh, Probably not. I really
0: enjoyed scoring (laughs) short films for hit record. Uh So I I would do short
2: subjects. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't don't think so. (laughs) It is a lot of work. I think people don't realize how much work goes into a feature length. It's a lot of work, and I didn't get paid. Oh, wow.
0: a sum of money was mentioned a sum of money was mentioned okay okay i'm I'm still checking my bank account didn't show up Mm, so okay there you go (laughs) and on that bombshell (laughs) i think it's time that we go
2: into our next segment oh yes
1: now it's time
2: for random trivia hey hey it's the movie awards it's where we Artificially resurrect our favorite kick-ass techno-pumping parts of the film in a number Ooh, no of doubts. bloody hammering You're introducing categories.
0: the wrong thing, damn! It's, it's oh, random right. trivia time. Of course it is.
2: Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: thrills
0: of doing things I thought we, were, I thought we rehearsed lying. this. I thought we rehearsed this. Hang on. <laughs>
2: That's fine. It's fine. Okay. Let's well... <laughs> <laughs> <Quite rad. laughs> what piece of bewitching piece of piece of trivia did you find in an ancient tomb scribbled in sign letters today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, t- just one little bit of trivia that isn't in the making of, which is because I'm not in the making of, even though I recorded loads of stuff for it. Mm-hmm. But um, there was another composer working on the film. Originally, they were supposed to do all of the techno fight scenes. And I was supposed to do all of the orchestral, emotional scenes. Um, We were talking to each other. We were talking about sharing motifs Mm, so mm -hmm. that one Mm -hmm. would blend into the other. But uh, when his first cue came in for the warehouse fight, um, the director wasn't exactly thrilled with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been doing the training cues up until that point, the sort of massive attack style trip hoppy things. Sure, and sure. He sure. said, Well, why don't you try the, the fight scene? So I, I didn't. Then I was doing all of the music. So there you go. Mm. I replaced someone. Mm. There's an yes, experience.
2: And then they mixed you very low. <laughs> yes, you can't hear
0: it. There you go. Mm. And uh, and that is our trivia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Movie Oubliette Theatre, it's mm. the prestigious Moobly Awards.
2: So, I've just got to get right this segment. It is the Moobly Awards <laughs> this time. It is. Yes. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's where we. I mean, you've already heard it. But it's where we artificially resurrect our favorite kickers, techno-pumping parts of the film in a number of bloody hammering categories. And yes. joining us today on the live stream for the segment is a repeat podcast offender, social, social media commissioner for movie oubliet, filmmaker, and purveyor of giggles. It's Isaac Sutton. Hey! hey. woo <laughs> <laughs> so glad to be here thanks for
3: inviting me on
0: (laughs) it's so great to have you here isaac how are you doing Mm.
3: i'm doing fantastic you know just living my life watching incredible vampiric masterpieces you know (laughs) in my free time and uh yeah (laughs)
0: yeah Good for you, good for you. So because there are three of us and we're live and we want to keep uh, tight on time, uh, Mm. I thought it would be fun if you guys nominated your favourite parts of the film and uh, uh, roast me a little bit. So I will be announcing the categories for you. So uh, best of luck. Uh, Let's kick it off with best quote.
3: Do you want to take uh, this one or should I? uh,
2: I mean... (laughs) I did like would, would which drink would you like Rebecca because it's just so ridiculous that scene but I, I did also like when when uh, Rebecca and Edward are having a, a bit of a heart-to-heart and 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 I guess she says oh we should probably get some get some rest we've got a big day tomorrow and she she tucks herself into the coffin uh, and then she just blurts out I'm not tired tell me a story Uh, Like she's an (laughs) eight-year-old girl. So (laughs) it's
1: ridiculous. Ridiculous.
3: There's so many good quotes. I literally could fill the IMDb quote page up. I went and wrote so many notes. Yes. Yes. My favorite, I mean... he he chose the wrong senorita. (laughs) It's one that's really, really Uh, good. There's one (laughs) moment where (laughs) Oscar, the short, uh, the little person (laughs) vampire, goes naughty lady (laughs) to Uh, Stephanie Beacham's character. (laughs) Glorious. (laughs) But my favorite quote in the film uh, (laughs) is when they're talking about the cardinal, who's like the keeper Uh, of the witch's hammer
1: book. (laughs) Yes, yes.
3: And they do this line of exposition that's like, ah, yes, the cardinal pronounced le cardinal.
1: <laughs> it's, <Yeah. wicked. laughs> it's just nonsense. It's, it's so nonsense. funny. It, it's ridiculous. It's, oh. it's just
2: like, I'm just going to pronounce it in a, a Spanish accent. Uh, it makes it much more exotic.
3: <laughs> it was, it was, it's nothing, though. you It's nothing. And it sounds exactly the same.
2: It sounds, it sounds exactly
3: the same. <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
1: Anyway. I love
0: that he follows it up with, the Cardinal hails from France. <laughs> 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 no shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my God. Oh my.
1: Uh, oh yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: Best hair or costume. I mean, has it, it's got to be Hugo's abomination. I mean, what what is going on here? What is going on? It's what is mess. this?
3: A mess.
2: It's like a bowl <laughs> cut with tribal <laughs> shavings, and then it's got strange bleach tips and weird places. Yeah, you've got to it- <laughs> have frosted tips. It's the naughties. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's not and- even
3: spiked. It's not even spiked. <laughs> it's yeah, flat.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> watching watching the making of, apparently he went to a, a student barber. So it was a, a student having a, just having a go. Why? <laughs> why why would you do this for a film? I don't know. <laughs>
3: Stephanie eye patch is a close second, though, with the feathers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. Yes. It's all nuts.
0: Yeah, yes. should definitely get an honourable mention that <laughs> okay speaking of the naughties, most naughtiest moment did you want to go first isaac
3: sure i'll go i mean this movie wears its time period on its sleeve <laughs> doesn't it like it's, mm. it's very naughty um i would say <laughs> the belly button cleavage incredibly naughty <laughs> kind of making a comeback <laughs> now <laughs> uh cell (laughs) cell phones very naughties but also just like the premise of a badass vampire hunter person like y'all were saying Mm. that's like extreme naughties you know that that's that's not coming around again (laughs) so
2: (laughs) yeah i (laughs) mean it's a good good quote so so many films in between two thousand and and two thousand and ten, like including like stuff like Eon Flux and Ultraviolet, Electra, Lara Croft, so many of those films yeah. had pretty much the same premise.
3: It's the Matrix vibes, but with supernatural elements. Mm,
2: exactly, exactly. Uh, my choice for for Nordys, I would say the jarring flashback cuts. It's just like really quick cuts with like stupid, like loud whooshes and sound effects over it. Because, yeah, Yeah. so naughty. Yeah,
0: none of those stingers are mine, I hasten to add. Particularly the one where you you get this flash cut of Rebecca's family and there's a stinger on it. And you think, her family is not a shocking memory for her. I know. It's supposed to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: Oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay favorite scene i've already mentioned mine I, I really did like the black and white tudor era flashback silent movie uh scene it just really worked it had good comedy good music good over dramatic silent movie type acting i think it worked
1: yeah
3: it, i mean it's definitely the best scene uh if you, yes, I would say it's the best technical scene. <laughs> I would say it's not my favorite scene. Oh, my yes, well, favorite, your favorite scene. My favorite scene is when <laughs> Oscar and Charlotte kill all the clowns because oh. you're watching this just regular film. Like it's, it's low grade. It's B. B-level like mm. horror comedy esque, not really. And then all of a sudden, you enter a clown massacre out of nowhere, and it's so jarring. <laughs> and they yeah. sweep the clowns' noses before they kill them, and it's so funny. I I love the clown killing scene. It's
1: fantastic. Mm.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I I feel like that was the point where it, it really tonally shifted. Yeah, the movie it went from a very serious film to like a very funny film. Yeah.
3: My theory is that Oscar and Charlotte make this film. <laughs> they are the true stars of the Witch's hammer. Mm, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it's odd though because their sort of two attributes aren't really conveyed very well. No. So Oscar's no. supposed to be an acrobatic, you know. Uh, <laughs> nimble quick uh moving character but you never see him doing that you no. just see him kind of hobbling in the background um and and charlotte's supposed to be huge but she looks the same height as everyone else so <laughs> i'm i'm confused yes they're, yeah. they're
3: they're wonderfully confusing dan it's like <laughs> it's like house you know like the japanese film house or like the room oh, yes, <laughs> like they're beautifully yes. confusing i mm. i I eat it up with the spoon. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Okay, biggest fantasy, horror, or action cliche?
3: I got Uh, one. Yes,
2: go, 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 go.
3: (laughs) The very end of the film, after they, like, defeat Madeline or whatever, she literally goes, no! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) So
1: good.
0: (laughs) You have to. You have supervillain has to scream no definitely mm,
2: yeah. mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd go with like vampire cliches because every time a vampire is on screen they have to bare their teeth make hissy noises and have their eyes flash uh, every single time uh, but that's that's vampires for you <laughs>
0: Yeah. so true so true i pu- I point out a couple of action movie ones that I noted down one is the car won't start when the villain is coming towards you mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. the door won't open. open yep <laughs> yep yeah, exactly yeah and um, at one point, I think Rebecca, she fires six shots and then loses the gun. And I thought, oh, well done, six shots, you got that right. But then later on, Edward picks up the same gun and fires two shots out of it. So obviously somebody in the sewer reloaded <laughs> it and put it back on the floor, which is very considerate of them. So mm, that's great. Is. I love that. It
1: is.
0: <laughs> Best special effect.
3: There's so many I've, goods. Ugh, I, mean, I keep stepping on you, Dan. I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: I, I've already mentioned mine. I'm just gonna quickly the, the the souls of the damned. The the puppetry, the glowing eyes, the teeth, uh, I think they really worked. They were very terrifying. I wish they'd made them look taller. But um true. Yeah.
3: yeah. The souls of the How damned were were very <laughs> very good. Again, that's not the vi- route I went with my best special effects. Yes, yes. I I liked <laughs> So many of the special effects. There's one scene with a giant syringe full of hair gel. There's a scene with huge,
2: huge syringe.
3: Huge, literally a horse syringe. There's a scene with with like a JPEG of a knife stabbing into another JPEG of a heart. I love that.
2: It doesn't even look like a knife. It just looks like a triangle. It's a triangle. (laughs) But
3: the best special effect is every time they shoot somebody (laughs) in this film, they turn into a 3D skeleton with particle effects, and it Mm. literally rules. I I love it. I love it. It's premium B-grade 2000s. I, I, (laughs) watching it the first time, when they first shoot somebody, I was like, oh, there's a skeleton out of nowhere, and uh, surprising, (laughs) fun. I I loved it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i
0: like that even when rebecca jams a a motorcycle helmet on top of somebody that turns up into a a glowing thing of particle effects (laughs) Uh because she stabbed someone (laughs) okay everybody's got particle blood
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) best sound effect uh, well, uh, jumping off the, the particle effects, I did actually like the sound effects of them exploding into embers, like it's, it had a nice sizzle, um, I don't know where it worked.
3: Yeah. It did. It did. I, um, I liked the clown hawks when they were murdering all the clowns.
0: You're just obsessed with murdering clowns.
3: Oh, I the clown oh, murder. really hate clowns. Either. The clown murder is so good. I mean, I've never seen better clown murder in any film. <laughs> True. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and finally, I have a feeling where Isaac's going to go with this, but funniest scene.
3: <laughs> I wrote down, I wrote notes for this segment. I wrote a full page of funniest moments. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I think...
0: We could do that as a Patreon extra. (laughs) (laughs) We could do it as a
3: Patreon extra. I'm not going to read them all. But... (laughs) I like the tarot cards. So when we're, <laughs> when we first meet, um, like the secret coven of witches that is trying to kill the ultimate vampire, the way they tell the backstory of killing the ultimate vampire is through tarot cards and the tarot cards they flip over look like they have Napoleon dynamite style drawings on them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. It's, it's premium <laughs> comedy. I mean, I, I, probably that one's probably unintentional you know it comes just above <laughs> the clown killings for me it's mm, the Napoleon okay. dynamite tarot cards
1: mm. but- <laughs> what I mean, you, Dan?
2: my funniest scene it is it is definitely intentional it's 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 just so good it's when uh edward is trying to find a weapon in the kitchen to fight uh oscar and he's going through all these drawers pulling out these drawers and they're just like jam-packed full of spoons and forks, just far too many spoons and forks in in any kitchen. And he's like, where are the knives? And he picks up a frying pan and leaves the kitchen and then the door closes and the back of the door is just covered in knives. It's
1: so good.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's
0: hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably my favourite as well. A close second would be uh, Charlotte's father face-palming after she dies oh, yeah. <laughs> at the dinner table. <laughs> He's so dis- it, <laughs> if somebody dies, you just
2: face-palm. That's yeah. Right. It's like, oh, and that killed another one of my offspring.
0: Oh. Damn. damn. Oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs>
0: and that is our move, please. Mm. So it's final
1: well, verdict time now
2: it is final verdict time should 2006's the witch's hammer be released from its immortal bounds to wield katana swords and be adored by all or should it be stabbed in the eye patch and be turned into cgi dust <laughs> shuffled back into the oubliette to be lost forever gentlemen let's uh let's bring down our final hammer verdicts for, for the witch's <laughs> hammer <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: well, Isaac, do you want to go first? Yeah,
3: I'll go first. <laughs> I mean, I I <laughs> I have a hard time deciding whether or not I'm going to release this one on a personal basis. I mean, it's it's a joy. It's a tragedy. Like, uh, two sides of the same coin, right? Um, <laughs> I'd probably say keep it. I, I don't know. You did a pass once, correct, Conrad? I kind of want to do a pass <laughs> as well. <laughs> because... It truly is um, both. It w- watching it, I had such a great time, right? So I can't mm. really uh, condemn it, but I don't think I would polish it off to go and show every single person I knew at the same <laughs> by the same <laughs> token. So I want to pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Okay, so that would be parking it in the uh, the movie vestibule, as one of our commenters <laughs> on Twitter suggested.
2: <laughs> so, what about you, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I think it had a lot of potential. It's definitely not original by any stretch. It's it's riding riding very hard on the coattails of of many sort of late '90s and early 2000s uh, movies. Uh, I, I just wish if, if the acting and the effects and the um, cinematography were, were a bit better or if they just leaned more into the comedy, it could have been a really, really good movie. Uh, I mm. did like the music, uh, but biased, of course. <laughs> you, um, you don't have to say that. You can hate the music if you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think amongst all of those, the, the plethora of, of female-led um, genre films, action genre films, and in, in the, at that time, this really does fall short. So I'm afraid I would throw it back
1: in.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I have a very uh, a soft spot in my heart for the movie because it's the first movie I attempted to do a film score on. Mm. I think it it's ambitious in terms of its script, in terms of all the locations and all the characters, but I have to say the the shortcomings of the resources I think they do show and I think the film is, is it struggles to be enjoyable because it, it's so tricky to follow what's going on. Mm. So, uh, regrettably, although I did work on this movie and I did enjoy <laughs> working with you, James Eves, I, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, mm. I, I just couldn't. So, I would throw it back in for our 100th episode, yes. So, Dan. Would you like to do the honors? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Okay, alright. Uh, uh, okay. Alright. Uh, oh. <coughs> that's struggling a bit. Oh, oh. no, let me go! Oh. Uh, oh, alright. <laughs> that's a relief. Mm. <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. <sighs>
0: So, uh, we're now in, in, into our extra section for this uh, 100th episode special. And to kick off, uh, we were running a uh, a competition to let people win some of our fabulous merchandise, which is available to purchase on Redbubble. So, we have three sets of T-shirts and mugs to give away. And I believe, Dan, you have the list of randomly chosen ones. Mm.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, these are completely random. We have video evidence if,
1: if you... <laughs> of are spinning think we're gonna... the wheel of names <laughs>
2: yes no, i don't think we're going to play it on on stream but we have our winners here we have uh reese indigo kevin from planet x and phil uncle or uncle phil There <laughs> we go so, so,
1: congratulations Three winners. guys Yay.
2: we'll be in
0: touch to ask you about uh, sizes and postage and so on so congratulations i hope you mm. enjoy the match yes yes uh, yes and also for a bit of fun, we thought that it would be uh, good for you guys to have a chance to decide which film we do for episode 101. And in this case, we were given two films by um, the Australian Blu-ray label, uh, Via Vision, mm. who have an, an imprint label. They sent us Conquest of Space. Sorry, <laughs> left is right and right is left. Conquest <laughs> of Space which is a uh, 1955 science fiction film that apparently might have influenced Stanley Kubrick's 2001, but oh. I've never seen it, mm. so who knows? And we have uh, Audrey Rose, which is a 70s supernatural uh resurrection thriller with Anthony Hopkins in the lead role. So quite interesting mm. options there. So I am going to post a poll in the uh in the comments section on YouTube. So mm-hmm. let me just hit that button, see if that goes live and hopefully everybody can vote and at the end of the show we'll let you know which one you went for. Yes. Nice. Exciting. Mm. And uh for the last section of the show, we thought that we would do an Ask Us Anything and just kick back and relax and have a bit of fun. And for that, we thought we ought to bring on somebody else to ask us questions. So our second special guest today is a writer, a filmmaker, video essayist extraordinaire, and was our first ever guest way back on episode eight on Capricorn One. It is, of course, Serge Budnarchuk of Copcrash Crash Pictures. Hello, Serge. Hey,
1: hello, Hi. Sir. How's it going?
4: <laughs> Welcome back. It's so
0: exciting to have you here.
4: Thanks for inviting me. It's fun to be back uh, before my customary summer guest spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we'll be asking you what your film choice is going to be pretty soon, I'm sure. What are you working on at the moment? Is there another video essay on the uh, uh, editing table at the moment?
4: Uh, Hopefully, yeah, within another, um, uh, optimistically, next weekend um i'll have my next video essay up uh two weeks at the most um and then uh then i'll be doing uh a really really big essay after that that is kind of like like i've got a hard a a deadline for it that's not (laughs) self-imposed
1: it's -hmm. supposed to
4: premiere in connection with something else uh which is Mm -hmm. exciting um I'm hoping it, yeah. it is a motivating influence, not a terrifying one. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: well, good luck. I can't wait to see what that turns out to
4: be. Mm. So, you uh, invited me to uh, host a little AMA. So, I've got some questions yes. for you. Uh, okay. It looks like Fine, the viewers, right. the patrons came through. There's a lot to get through. Uh, so, here we go. Uh, Suzanne asks How did you two meet? Uh, do you want to right. tell story, Dan?
2: Well, uh, there's, there's, there's a website, there's a website, uh, called Hope Record. Uh, it's actually also how we met Isaac as well. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been, it's, what's co-founded by Jessica Gordon-Levitt and it's like a production company thing. Uh, it's changed quite a lot since then. So we're not, <laughs> not really on it that much anymore, but, um, we used to collaborate on there and yeah, we met through the internet and the rest is history. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the legend
3: of Mubioubliettes. Play them <laughs> out.
4: Speaking of that history, uh, the next question, Eddie Coulter asks, uh, when did the idea of the show take form?
0: I think it was me to begin with. I mean, we knew we wanted to do a
2: podcast,
4: mm. didn't we? Um yeah.
2: We, 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 we always had the common ground of, of loving sort of more obscure films and, and talking about a lot of uh, sort of B grade or um, yeah forgotten 80s films. So we just wanted a way to talk about that in, in a medium um, and, and being able to do all the jingles and stuff because we're both musicians was really appealing, I think. So mm. yeah, it, it kind of just started as an idea, and and it has grown. Like if you if you listen to the first episode, we we didn't really know what we were doing
1: no, at don't, all. Don't, don't listen uh, to the first episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it gets good around episode eight
1: when, <laughs> when <laughs> Surge
0: shows up. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the format, I think I think the title Movie movieubliet came from me because I'm a huge fan of Labyrinth. Mm. And the word oubliette I learned from Hoggle. It's a place mm. you put people to forget about them. So that's where that comes from. And I had the format of we would have a verdict. One of us would show the other one a film the other one hasn't seen. And then we'd have a verdict to decide whether it should go back in or, or stay. Mm. Um, but the piece de resistance, the Moubli Awards, which actually makes the episodes fun, that's 100% Dan. That's it.
2: Yeah, I mean that was there was such a, a last minute idea as well. I think mm. like the day before we recorded I thought no, let's <laughs> yeah. do this. And then back then yeah. we didn't have the announcements like uh, it was it was very yeah. It's just like a it's
4: oh, an idea we could possibly run with. Yeah. So we just yeah.
0: It just grew and uh yeah, now it is what it is today.
4: Mm. <laughs> well, uh Mar 61 asks uh it's a two-parter i'm gonna ask the first part first which is uh have you ever met each other in person oh we have. yes
2: just once once, once. just once
4: yeah and which country so was it in <laughs>
0: it, it was in the uk dan there came was all the, the way UK. to um all the way to uk norfolk to another hit recorders house we sat outside and had a barbecue and we had a, a really great day <laughs> and i can confirm if anyone is curious dan is much taller than you think he'll be and a great hugger <laughs>
2: Uh, i I would say conrad's also taller than you think as well (laughs) (laughs) um and i think it was during me and my wife's honeymoon so i think the year previous we got married but we we kind of spent a year just saving up and then we went on this massive european trip um because my sister actually lives in italy so we we went to like nine countries in europe or something i can't remember it was it was a lot of countries and and the uk was on that trip.
0: Yeah. Back in the days when we could go places. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. And then uh, Redma 61 the second question they have is, do you both like sushi? Of course I do. I love right. sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm vegan, so mm-hmm. no. I was converted to veganism during the pod,
4: unbelievably. Hmm. By a guest, right?
0: Um, by a guest, yeah. The director of The Clove Hitch Killer, Duncan Skiles. <laughs> Uh, I always research our guests and his uh, YouTube channel is a vegan uh, channel. And so mm-hmm. I was watching all this and thinking, oh, actually, I could give this a try. And uh, yeah, th- three years later, yeah, three years later, I'm still going strong. So yeah, there, there, <laughs> there is
2: go. vegan sushi. It doesn't always
4: have to have fish in it.
0: No, that's true. I have had some. It's very nice. Mm, okay.
4: Uh, next question from, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Isak Suton? <laughs> Um, Yeah, you nailed it.
1: Okay.
4: It's uh, what episode are you the most proud of, and what jingle are you the most proud of?
2: Oh wow! (laughs) Oh, so many jingles. I can't even. I can't even. Uh, I think jingle wise, I was the most proud of Flight of the Navigator. I think I. I think I nailed that jingle in terms of trying to get the sounds exactly right. Um, but episode-wise, I think just, uh, I guess mo- most recently, Mothman Prophecies I was really proud of. I oh, thought was it was a really cool. good interview with Mark Pellington, the director of Mothman Prophecies. Uh, good discussion, just a, a good film as well to talk about. Some of the films we talk about are kind of hard. Hard slog um, but that one mm. that one was what's fun yeah that's a good
0: choice uh, for me i think it episode? was yeah. i do yeah i think it's probably explorers but that's mm. it's solely because uh. it, it's a, a film that i love dearly that it was great to show it to dan for the first time because he had never seen it before and to hear mm-hmm, his completely mm-hmm. different fresh take on it which made me see it with new eyes which was one of the things i love about the pod but also i got to speak to robert picardo Mm. And that was just, he's just such a wonderful, wonderful man and so entertaining and, and so generous with his time. Um, I think he he booked 30 minutes with me, but we talked for well over an hour because mm. he was enjoying himself. And he was late for his dinner appointment, but he just kept talking. Mm. So, yeah, I have a very fond, fond memories of that one. Yeah. Um, and in terms of Jingle, I would say Return to Oz because... Oh, cool. um it's a beautiful complex score by the london Symphony. and i think i managed to pull it off which was yeah quite something so i was proud of that mm,
4: yeah good stuff uh, well nick hardy uh says first of all congrats on the 100 episodes yeah, and then thanks, he nick. says thanks he's been uh, there since it, the
0: beginning i think
4: he says if we assume that james horner's score for krull is the greatest musical score in movie history <laughs> what would be the second best or your all-time favorite score Oof, it's tricky. What would you say, Dan?
2: Uh, I mean, this might be a really obvious answer. I'll be judging from that the minisode that we did where we, we watched our favorite movie. But I do really love the score to Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I think it's, it's an amazing score by John Bryan. Uh, very understated, emotional, uh, simple, but sort of quirky at the same time. Uh, in terms of iconic scores that I really love, I, I do really love the Batman score by Danny Elfman. It's just, that theme gets me every time. It's it's, it's so amazing.
0: Yeah, and then you compare it to modern superhero movies. It's like, is there a theme in here? Yeah. Yeah. In two notes, I think, is all we get in the Batman, but never mind. Well, we get the I same don't... Nirvana song twice. Yeah. That? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: How about you? Well for me I think it's it's gotta be um I mean it's obvious, but it's Star Wars by John Williams. Oh well, not Jerry Goldsmith? Ah. I have a my personal favourite is Explorers <laughs> by Jerry Goldsmith, just because I think nothing captures the the excitement of being up past your bedtime better than that score. Mm-hmm. Um but I think in terms of the what is the best score in movie history? I think it's going to be John Williams' Star Wars. It's a landmark, and it made me sit up and pay attention to movie music when I was tiny. So, um, yeah, it started a lifelong obsession, which you would see if my shelves were here because they'd be full of scores, but they're not here. <laughs> so that would be my pick. Yeah, But Krull's not a bad pick, Nick. That is probably James Horner's best score, I would mm. say. It was
2: good. It was a good score. Mm.
4: Uh, there was a th- Nick had a second question as well uh, and it is what's your favorite Friday the 13th film in the franchise and why <laughs> and then he adds mine would probably be part six for the sheer ridiculousness of it all
1: mm. <laughs> Have you well, seen I'm, many of them, Dan?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty new to the whole franchise because I previously did never liked slash movies. Uh, I have seen two and a half Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> movies. I'm still halfway through the third one. Uh, I actually out of those two and a half that I've seen, I, I actually did really like the first one because it was not what I expected. It's it's a it's a different type of movie. It's more like a like a murder mystery almost. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: Mine would be for the final chapter that wasn't the final chapter. Um, just because, you know, Jason has his mask, the kills are brutal. Mm. Um, Corey Feldman hacks off his own hair. <laughs> um, lots of right. people fly out of windows in slow motion for no reason. And, um, and then, of course, you've got Crispin Glovers dancing, which is just. I have legendary. to see this film. <laughs> it's amazing. I think it's amazing. sort of it's I think it's peak Friday the thirteenth for me just in terms of getting the whole, you know, um campside um one person being killed after another thing. And mm-hmm, Jason mm-hmm. is sort of fully fully formed and got his mask on and it's really gory and and Crispin Glover's dancing. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Uh so looks like we get a couple of questions from Philip O. Uh says, You've got the whole afternoon free and there's no pandemic. Uh, what dream double feature at the cinema are you going to see? Tricky. Yeah, this took, this took me a while to deliberate
2: over, but I would have to say uh, Shaun of the Dead and then Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. because I'm a huge <laughs> Edgar Wright fan. Um, and I, I watched Hot Fuzz um, when it premiered in, in New Zealand, um, and, and some of the actors were there for like a, a, a Q&A afterwards. Uh, I had no idea who they were at the time. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, and and I do really love his films. Uh, it's a good
0: choice. I mean, one of the things that I missed about being in cinemas was being with a, cr- a big crowd of people laughing with a movie. Mm, yeah, it's, there's nothing quite like it. Watching comedies with a big audience is fun. I always remember yes. seeing um, South Park, and we I think we're far enough into the broadcast for me to say this fully. But we yeah, when the um, shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker song came on, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't hear the film after a while. Just people were having trouble breathing they were laughing so much Mm, it's it's just moments like that that you just treasure so yeah Mm. but that wouldn't be my
2: choice no Um, okay
0: my choice would probably be to do an alien and aliens double bill yeah
2: i thought about some one of the one of the franchises Uh, like Terminator 1, Terminator 2 would be quite good or even Halloween 1, Halloween 2, that would be great. But the Aliens franchise, for sure.
0: Yeah, when I was the... I could program the films at the Warwick Student Cinema at uni... Um, one of the first things I did was do late night double bills and one of them was Alien and Aliens and mm. that thing was sold out. Everybody wanted to go and see that thing. So, wow. Sick. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Uh,
4: so then Philip O. also asks, um, how do you even begin to go about getting such fantastic guests, including the panels you put together for Iconicon this past year?
2: Well, Conrad, <laughs> take it away. It's all it's all Conrad and his uh, sneaky ways. <laughs>
0: It's yeah i don't I don't know. I don't know how how to describe I just ask people and you know I guess I'm reasonably articulate and I always say I always try to express to somebody why we would like them as a guest, um not just hey your 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 movies are great. Would you like to come on our show? You know, I talked to them about why mm. we would like to talk to them about a particular movie. Mm. Um, and I always remember at the end of the interview with Robert Picardo, when he said to me, I'm late for my dinner. Um, but, you know, I didn't mind mm. because it was a, it was a joy to talk, to talk to you because you care and you actually know what you're talking about. Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess that's what I try to convey, that we're invested in them, that we've done our research, that we care about their their work as an artist and we do want to have a conversation with them Mm. um and -hmm. that's why we get so many great returning guests like these two (laughs) here
1: as well
3: yeah i took a lot Mm. of convincing it was like every day (laughs) (laughs) i was like all right fine you've convinced me
4: (laughs) yeah conrad is being modest what they did was they they met my feet (laughs) 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 Ah, yes
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> the weird thing—the weird thing with Serge, with Serge being our first guest—was we were thinking about we should have a guest on the show, and I thought, well, I I, I want to go with Serge because he, he's somebody that I can trust. And I thought, and then afterwards I thought, I actually haven't spoken to this person, so I think that's a credit to the quality of the work that you put out—that you make people feel as though they they know you and they mm. can trust that you'll do a good job and be very entertaining while you're doing it so mm. um thanks for and being I, our first guest
4: <laughs> no problem i had um <laughs> uh, and i when when you first reached out to me via dm it was um i recognized your profile from comments you had made you had been following me for a while like on twitter and stuff and um i don't know it's it's weird to think back and like like we're friends now and collaborators it but like for i don't know it's just weird that it's like we c- We knew of each other but did not know each other, Mm. anyway. Mm. But yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I don't know. I just thought this guy's solid, he'll be great.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we've got uh, right in the schoolies asks, What is a film that is absolutely awful but you love it regardless?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you got. (laughs) This was really hard because I don't think I love anything that's absolutely awful. <laughs> uh, it's, it's that saying, I'm, 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 I've got very high standards. I'm not sure. Um, but th- th- a, there is a series of films, well, it's two films, that I didn't mind that everyone do, does think is awful. Uh, the P- the Percy Jackson movies. Oh, you're wrong. I didn't mind them. I didn't <laughs> mind them. But everyone <laughs> hates them. <laughs>
3: No, you can like whatever um, you like, I
0: don't care. <laughs> for me, and this is something that I think uh Melinda who is watching will, will either hate me for or love me for. I'm not quite sure her her relationship with this movie. But it's Xanadu, um, mm. which is this hot mess of an eighties, <laughs> seventies musical with Olivia Newton John roller skating with um uh, um oh gosh, what's his name? The um the famous dance. Gene Kelly, sorry, brain fart. Right. Yeah. Olivia Newton John and Gene Kelly roller skating in a musical. Nice. And it, it's just a hot mess, but I just <laughs> love the ELO songs. I think they're great. Mm, so, sure. and Melinda is musicals, saying. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate musicals, but I just, I love this one. I don't know why. Yes, Xanadus. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so
4: that's mine. Um, okay. Uh, Louis E. Sevedra. Savedra asks, "What would be the ultimate lineup of bands/slash authors in a musical con- in a music concert?" Mm, this uh,
2: is, this was another hard question for me because I don't. There's a lot of musicians and artists that I do really love, like you know, Radiohead and, and I don't know, Foo Fighters and stuff like that. But it, it's kind of music that I used to listen to. I don't know whether I would see them again now. Um, so for me, it's just a whole bunch of YouTubers that I follow and they're all synth people like Andrew Huang and Red Means Recording and Bad Snacks and Rachel K. Collier. Like, just I'm just a synth nerd now and that's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jean-Michel Jarre?
1: Jean? Uh. <laughs> I've actually
2: seen him like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Conrad, um... how about you?
0: Uh, for me, I think it would be an all-star lineup of of amazing women. So I, I would have Tori Amos there, obviously. Sure. Annie Lennox. Kate Bush, even though she doesn't really leave home very often now, bless her. Bjork. Um, and uh, for a, a more modern reference, Christine and the Queens. Which oh, I, yes. I, yeah. I think is amazing. So, Have you
2: seen that video yeah. with Kate Bush making tea? Is that her? <laughs> it's, it's very odd. <laughs> she makes tea all wrong does she what?
0: what does she do does she put the milk in first I can't
2: remember but it, it's, it's just it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a travesty to watch don't watch it don't do, <laughs> okay. I don't know <laughs> turned it off
3: Kate a, bush forever that's never that's again a, I said
2: it's like a basic British
0: fail I think you can get deported for making tea
4: yeah <laughs> wow. you you know how Americans make tea <laughs> you, you don't do you? we dump it in the harbor. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waste of good tea. Uh, so the next couple questions are also from louis Avedra. Um, uh, ever thought about playing in a band together? We kind yeah. of have, kind of. I guess remotely, we've done mm-hmm. a lot of music together,
2: and we we we've got plans plans for music in the future as well. A few EPs and albums in the works, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not in a live sense. <laughs>
0: No, I can't actually play live. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a self-taught
2: I'm, musician.
0: Yeah, I'm so, I'm really
2: bad at live performance as well. Terrible.
0: Yeah, I have to sequence everything and do it 500 times. I'm Yeah, I'm not a live <laughs> musician, sadly. I'm really jealous of people who can jam. I think that's just amazing mm. to watch.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Then the final question from Louis Saavedra is, if you were to produce a horror and or sci-fi film, uh, what would be your dream cast?
2: Oh, wow okay my my picks uh it's just i would like just just to see these actors in a movie together this uh, it would be odd and and probably a hot mess but uh jeff goldblum and nicholas cage uh and then, and then <laughs> oh wow then, then kristen Wiig, uh Aquafina, and then morgan freeman that just, could I happen. Just, just see all of them in a film go Let, let's see but what happens
3: too. when is that coming out dude yeah.
2: <laughs> pretty much yeah
0: wow netflix is is already dialing them now that sounds great mm. i want to see that movie yeah yeah how about you my answer's really boring my answer is just that i'd love to get all the final girls of the 70s and 80s together oh in one uber movie uh, so sigourney weaver heather langenkamp jamie lee curtis nev campbell and uh, as an honorary guy bruce campbell as the only Uh, final guy in any franchise of note mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i'm probably missing quite a few though but yeah that would would be amazing actually yeah yeah we like
2: the expendables (laughs) for
4: screen queens (laughs) yes yes uh the next question is from fm gore kelly uh which Mm -hmm. is are you guys excited for the willow tv series and then, full disclosure, I am. <laughs> uh,
0: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say excited. Yeah, Cautiously not. optimistic. I mean, Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Did anybody see that Boba Fett series? Oh. I
1: didn't. <laughs>
0: Call him out, dude. <laughs> I
1: mean...
3: You mean the very long episode of The Mandalorian?
0: <laughs> yeah. With the Power Rangers on scooters. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Power Rangers
3: have better vehicles than that, dude. Come on. Don't disrespect yeah, Power true. Rangers.
0: <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic just because of the people involved. I mean, Warwick Davis is involved and he has, you know, that, that character is very close to his heart because that was his mm. his first lead role after sure. being stuffed in a furry suit for years. So... <laughs> um, I'm interested to see what they do with it. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think it will miss Val Kilmer because I I can't imagine he'll be able to participate. Bless him, no, and yeah. he was such an important part of the movie. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Cautiously optimistic. We'll wait and see.
4: Mm. Uh, so then, um, the next user is named. Well, then let's see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm making wow. that up. I am not <laughs> <laughs> uh they ask milo and otis greatest buddy movie of all time uh, i i i can't comment i haven't seen it oh
2: i yeah i have okay. seen it didn't didn't you tell me they killed a whole bunch of animals making that movie or that's something? what i've heard
4: yeah. <laughs> oh. yikes the that's aspca not was not on set yeah.
2: Mm. Oh, oh I, I, In terms of this buddy movie, I would say a Hot Fuzz for me because I've really mentioned okay. it. It's, it's, it's very good. It's very good. It's good.
0: Um, mine would be um Paul Dano as a shipwrecked man and Daniel Radcliffe oh. as a flatulent oh, Swiss Army so man. Swiss Army <laughs> man. It is. You've seen everything
3: everywhere yet. It just came out here in the states. Oh my God, Conrad, you're in for a treat. I I
0: fell in love with the trailer, so yeah, Yeah. I I cannot wait. But Swiss Army Man was amazing, and Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, I hate to say it's the best performance he's ever done because he's dead in
2: the whole movie. But it's very, very good. It's it's the it's the artist. Premise for a film I've ever seen. It's so strange, yeah.
3: mm. beautifully weird, beautifully and, weird. Beautifully and the
2: weird. score is amazing, but yeah, weird. It's yes. just, yes. it's just. Was it Jurassic? It's a Jurassic Park. I just sings. <laughs> like, sing yes, from... <laughs> yeah, Capella. Mouth
3: sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It has to be
0: seen to be believed. If you haven't seen it out there, mm. it's it's worth a watch. <laughs>
3: yeah, I guess when it played at Sundance the first time, everyone was walking out because it was just like we can't do this. <laughs> like the yeah. fart jokes were too much. But wow, yeah. such a good movie.
4: It, it, it mm. is very good. So we the next batch of questions. We have seven questions from Melinda. Uh, <laughs> and uh, number one is: Who would be your dream celebrity guest, and why? Oof so many though
2: uh director for me i'd love terry gilliam i think that would be amazing Ah. i i mean i I just love all his movies uh i think for just an experienced jeff goldblum uh, although we probably it it wouldn't be a very coherent or (laughs) or focused discussion (laughs) (laughs) no
0: but it would be funny yeah (laughs) It would be very funny. Um, for me, I, I mean, if you're going to shoot for the stars, let's get Steven Spielberg on. Mm. Because actually he has an encyclopedic knowledge of film, and I'm sure mm. he would come up with something really obscure that he. I would just sit back and listen to him talk about it for 40 minutes. He'd be amazing. Mm. So mm. that would be mine. Either that or Guillermo del Toro, who is just mm. such yeah. a great filmmaker, but also just such a lovely guy. Mm. I think that would be a fun conversation. Yes.
3: I would kill a man to meet Guillermo del Toro in real life. <laughs> That dude's so great. I love him.
4: Yes. Uh, Question two is, uh, what was the hardest movie you've had to watch so far and why? There were three movies that come to mind. Uh,
2: So extra, the stuff, but I think the hardest movie to watch for me was Ewoks Battle (laughs) for Endor. Because we had to watch the first one as well just to understand the second one. And that was just... That's just torture. Torture watching <laughs> yeah. those movies. I've written exactly
0: the same thing. Didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt watched...
3: love those movies too? <laughs> poor, yeah, Matt,
2: Matt yeah, Conley did Matt love Conley,
0: it. Yeah. yeah, the community director at uh, Records. So one of our former bosses came on the show to talk about his deep and abiding love for uh, the Ewoks movies. Mm. And we trashed it. And he was such a good sport about it. But I loved the fact that after we delivered our final verdict, he just said, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Only time that's happened on the pod, but I loved mm. it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's interminable. Uh, that first one is like watching paint dry, but with, <laughs> with freaky, unblinking
4: Ewok eyes. Yeah. And oh. ad breaks oh. as well. Oh. Oh really bad terrible <laughs> yeah uh question three is uh what movie that's outside your stated genres would you love to cover but you can't because it's a western a romance action movie etc or
2: wisdom <laughs> where are we still, yeah uh i couldn't answer this movie i i don't i don't think there is anything I don't know. I just really love covering genre films. I think they're they're more interesting
0: to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I my guess is probably pretty obvious. I'd love to talk to Dan about 1917, um, oh, but I mean, right. it, it's because Dan doesn't watch war movies very much. Yeah, I I
2: still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen no. 1917, and, wow. and it is on it is on Netflix right now uh, where I am. Um, but yeah, I don't know war movies uh gangster movies westerns and um and sport movies i just don't watch (laughs) yeah Yeah. i just i can't
0: i just don't know it just doesn't appeal no it's fair enough so i would love to talk to you about it
4: uh question four is what movie was the biggest surprise to you like you thought it was going to be one thing but it turned out to be something completely different I have a good answer for this.
0: It was relatively recently as well, episode 85, Reign of Fire, which oh, I looked oh. at it and I thought, yeah. it's an early noughties toxic masculinity festival and I'm going to hate it with a, with a passion. <laughs> and it actually engages with the nature of heroism in some pretty interesting ways and thought-provoking mm. ways and has interesting arcs for all of its characters. So uh, And the effects really stand up well even to today just because of the way that they're used. It's well-directed. So I was not expecting it. I thought this is just some straight-to-rental, early noughties garbage fest. But I loved mm. it. I really enjoyed it. Didn't you say that there yeah.
4: was a trailer in the UK that was terrible for it? Yeah, there was. Oh, the was yeah, really bad, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Isaac shared it on our socials. <laughs> it is bad. It, it's see, rough. I watched the trailer to see what we were in for and I thought,
2: oh, God. Mm. well i mean my choice would be sort of the other reaction uh polar opposite i expect a doomsday to be mm, i guess better than what it was uh, or, or just like I thought it was going to be a zombie movie with like pretty much Resident evil in, in the UK but uh, there were like punks and then there was they went to the knights of the round table era with swords and then and then it was mad max at the end it was just a, such an odd film <laughs>
0: Yeah, was. And who's that directed by? Neil Marshall. See, I was expecting something quite different and really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we threw that one back. What about Ghost of And Mark? it was awkward because I, I was actually discussing with Mr. Marshall about appearing on our show at the oh, time. Yes. And he stopped talking to us. Yeah. So oh. I don't know whether he listened to the episode and was a bit <laughs> upset with us or... Disappointed with our treatment of it. Mm. Sorry, Mister mm-hmm. Marshall. Still, would really like to talk to you because you do make great movies and great mm. episodes of Game of Thrones.
4: Mm. That one uh, just didn't work for us. Sorry. Question five is: What are some sound design or score issues that annoy you to death, but non-musicians don't seem to notice? Um, I guess not a, not a sound issue,
2: but a sound trope, uh, is guns make far too much noise. When you just pick up a gun, it's just a big rattling fest of clanks and clicks. It's like, oh, surely guns aren't that noisy. You'd hope
0: not. I mean, I'd be severely worried about pulling the trigger, the amount of noise they make, before you even cock the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for I mean, yeah. me, it's reusing musical cues from other movies because i recognize them yeah what's that doing in this movie (laughs) it pulls me right out of it so it really bugs me Mm. when that happens and it happens a lot
2: the scream cues and and halloween Mm. h20 yeah Mm. yeah
3: did y'all see um wonder woman 84 or whatever where they take the sunshine (laughs) uh canada's and put it over her flying
0: (laughs) yeah 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 but that cue pops up up in in kiss in, Arse as well but yeah. it's the same composer so it's like is it plagiarism if he's doing it himself <laughs> yes <Obviously>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd say it's you know it's disappointing for a composer to repeat himself but it's probably because the director told him to i know what yeah. that's like so
4: mm. yeah uh question six of seven is uh what do you both? <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't meant to be shade i'm just um, (laughs) uh, what do you both think of the idea that if studios must keep rebooting movies they should reboot bad movies uh and if you were going to reboot a bad movie to make it better which movie that you've reviewed in the show would you choose that's a good question Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. it's a
0: very good question
2: I think we've covered a lot of potentially good movies just badly executed. Like a, a recent one, Lawnmower Man, I think was a good premise, just really badly executed. Um, and and Mirror Mask, I thought could have been way better than what it was. Uh, it's still, I still think it's a good movie, but I think it's because of the source material and the fact that it's, you know, it's Neil Gaiman. But yeah, it could have been better.
0: Yeah. Another one I thought of. You, you've mentioned it before, The Stuff, which. Yeah. I think there is a scary, satirical, amazing movie in there mm. somewhere. And there are Definitely. elements of it there. And I know there are lots of people that appreciate the ramshackle, crazy nature of it. But I would just love to see a new independent filmmaker turn it into something really biting and funny and terrifying. Mm. There's yeah. a lot of potential there. Yes. Um, and, and just as a, as a quick gag, because I have to mention it. Lady Hawk. But all I would do is just replace the score. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, the red tail. Wild
4: hawks. Oh, uh, yes, those two.
0: <laughs>
4: Sorry, had to mention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, seventh question: uh, If you were to come and visit me, uh, Melinda, uh, what <laughs> delicious treat would you like to have waiting for you? I don't know. Um,
2: whatever <laughs> is uh, the 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 delicious treat of wherever you live. That. You're after a bit of culinary tourism there, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I do like to have whatever is traditional of that area. Like when I went to Scotland, I had haggis three times. So, um, and one of them was on pizza. So, yeah, I am a big proponent of local cuisine. That sounds
1: insane. I don't think even Scottish people do that. It's very, very, very brave.
0: Um, I follow uh, Melinda on Facebook uh, and I've seen her cookies. So I would like a veganized version of the chocolate coconut cookies that she made for Election Day, because I don't think we should have to wait for democracy to fall apart to have chocolate (laughs) and coconut together in cookie form. So that would be my pick.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so then we've got uh, two questions left. Uh, next, this one's from Kevin from, Plan- uh, Kevin from Planet X. If your if your next episode were your last, which movie would you choose to discuss and why? Gosh.
1: Oof.
2: Well, I, okay. So I I would pick. This might sound a bit pretentious, but I would pick Metropolis. The mm. wow. the uh, the silent black and white sort of German um, sort of sci-fi steampunky. Art Deco film. I don't know. I think it would be a really interesting movie to talk about because it's so old but so influential uh, in Mm. terms of sci-fi. Yeah, that's a good choice. I I
0: went for the personal route. I would say The Talented Mr. Ripley, although that would be tricky because it's it's an Anthony Minghella movie and it it was a pretty big hit at the time. I think it's been forgotten since or overlooked since compared to The English Patient. But, um, it's a thriller, um, so I think we could do it, and it touches on some some emotional things that resonate with me personally. Mm, mm. Um, and I also think the music is pretty amazing
2: in that movie. So yeah, I'd like to talk about that one with you. That movie, I I, I loved that movie when I first saw it. It was one. It's one of those movies that it's really good, but you kind of don't want to watch it again because you just feel so icky in, inside. <laughs> yeah. um, and and they they did a couple of like. Sequels, I guess, to it as well. There's one with John Malkovich. That's really odd. Okay. I don't, yeah. yeah. It's not bad. It's, it's okay. It's, it's hard th- to find that one. Yeah. It's a different, different movie. It doesn't even feel like it's the same universe.
0: No. No. I'd like to get Matt Damon back to do the last book in the series, The Boy Who Followed Ripley, where the situation that's in the talented Mr. Ripley is reversed on him as an old oh, man. That's right. really interesting. That's
3: oh, okay. sick. Yeah. That sounds great,
4: actually. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, and then final question is from hannah it's uh from the films you've covered on the podcast which of those film worlds would you like to live in
0: <laughs> this is hard because most of the worlds that, that in the films that we watch are pretty awful
2: yeah yeah i was i was gonna say Not like doomsday of the, none of the <laughs> yeah. horror films i don't think i, I don't really want to have a, a psycho killer after me black sheep uh, I, yeah (laughs) rabbit animals that's just going home (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) uh i i would pick inner space because uh i'd just like to zoom around in a little (laughs) submarine and and a human body and and yeah that would be fun
0: that's a good choice i liked. i went for it's pretty nihilistic i went for night of the comet um, just because oh. the idea of wandering around a depopulated 80s world and bumping into people like Sam and Reggie and Hector doesn't seem so bad to me. I know it's a bit thanos to sort of wish <laughs> 90% of the population away, but, you know, I think it, I think it could be quite nice. I uh, I did and lots think of great '80s clothes too.
2: Yeah, I did think as as a possible second choice was um, ah. that that film that we did with you, Serge. Um, the New Zealand uh, *Quiet Earth*,
1: mm. just because oh. you know
2: I don't like people uh, <laughs> and just, <laughs> just drive around, going to whatever shops and just take whatever I wanted.
4: Ah. Yeah, I was going to say about about like 25 minutes of that movie. It seems kind (laughs) of (laughs) nice.
0: Yeah, but then he's just sort of rolling around in a negligee trying to shoot himself. I mean, (laughs) no judgment.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no. We've all been yeah. through the ringer the last two years. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, mm. so, yeah, the pandemic was good training for that. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great question, Hannah. Thanks for that.
4: Uh, <laughs> it, I, there is one last question on the list. If, if I don't know if we're good on time, but it's just, uh, and it's for me, but it's um, well, any plans for the next hundred episodes? Oh, wow. <laughs> mm. Besides having me back four more times.
0: Of course. <laughs> of course. i I don't know i just more of the same
2: i guess um
1: yeah
0: we might get a taste for live streaming if this Mm. goes well (laughs) yeah yeah so we might do this Um, more often yeah
2: i mean just like more higher profile guests i guess um and i mean if, if we're talking about what what our dreams for the pod would be it would be it would be good if this we could do this full time and, and, and have like distributors just yeah. send us movies for free to review. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, to be top of
0: the iTunes and Spotify charts and movie reviews and <laughs> millions of followers. That would be amazing. Yeah. But I have to say, in a in a hundred episodes, we've we've had some amazing guests and we've developed a really great audience of people. And, mm. Some of you guys are watching live now, and it's uh, all of your comments that you send through. It's it's great. We've developed this little community, and I'd be quite happy to carry on until I'm withering and old and grey, sitting in a chair, watching movies, and just
2: talking to Dan about. That's been mm, great. It has been, yeah, yeah. Doing all those jingles. So yes. many jingles. <laughs> so many jingles.
0: We must have done 200
2: 300 jingles now. Y'all have to produce yeah.
3: a a best hits album of just the jingles.
2: Just the jingles, <laughs> just like 10-second yeah. <laughs> <and> snippets of <laughs> here's a movie hundred jingles. That's, that's jingles. episode.
3: <laughs> just jingles.
1: <laughs> wow, wow,
0: something to think about for sure. <laughs> okay, well, well, thanks for doing that for us, Serge. It's been great yes. to have you here. Thanks for having us. compare. Mm. So, and I think mm. that's our show, isn't it, Dan? Oh. Uh, results of the poll oh gosh yes so the poll has been running uh let me just uh refresh that screen and see how it's doing wow it looks like it's conquest of space at 68 percent there mm. okay <laughs> i was not expecting that i thought everyone would be after the anthony hopkins 70s possession movie but there we go we're going to be going back to the 50s dan we were, we wanted Ooh. to do a wider time span
2: yes this year so is great. it black?
0: it's black and white right it is yeah so that's brilliant thanks for everyone for voting
2: yeah Can't wait to do that yes thanks everyone for voting well i guess that's the show uh thank you again serge and isaac for joining us uh where, where can our viewers listeners slash listeners follow you on uh, on your channels Search. Uh, oh, oh, Isaac. Oh, Isaac. Na-
3: Isaac. <laughs> 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 yeah, there we go. Save the best for last. Uh, <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter at Isaac Lastname. Um, I also just released, like, <laughs> Twelve blog posts about my favorite media from uh 2021 i'm really Mm -hmm. timely on that sucker you know april's best time to release (laughs) stuff like that so (laughs) uh you can see all of my thoughts on film and and anime and music um at www.isaac so Mm -hmm. or actually i think it's isaaclastname.com it's isaac sutton real Dot com. So okay. <laughs> appreciate y'all giving me that plug space. <laughs> what?
0: So why do we have to be careful when we're searching for your YouTube
1: channel? <laughs>
3: oh. <is it? laughs> <laughs> I think this is on one of my episodes. <laughs> so, for some reason, there's another guy named Isaac Lastname on the internet who is into male pregnancy porn. <laughs> don't check wow. him out. He posts stuff to YouTube. He can't get flagged. I don't know how to get ahead of what him. A time subscribers. To be alive.
0: it's a true I didn't even know this was a thing I'm such a child naive when it comes to these things
3: that's not child Conrad nobody should know this is a thing (laughs) okay (laughs) not to shame but it's a hard watch and difficult to have your name associated with
1: Mm. so
0: (laughs) you know okay so be careful searching yeah, for isaac be, out there, be people. careful yes
3: it's i'll <laughs> you'll see my my mug pasted on pretty much everything i'm associated with so if it has a big male <laughs> belly that one's not me
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay <laughs> and search uh
4: well so my uh my pro- my professional handle is cold crash pictures On Twitter, it has to be shortened to "Cold Crash Pics," but everywhere else, it's called the full "Cold Crash Pictures." Uh, Make video. YouTube is where I post my video essays. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm at about once every eight weeks right now, Um, but the videos are getting longer and I think better. Which hopefully, um, hopefully explains the, the, the two month gap between video essays. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Cold Crash Pictures rules. I love that freaking YouTube channel. It's, Thank you. It's
0: fantastic.
2: And uh, those okay. of you that don't know, we are we are Movie Ubliet everywhere on all channels, uh, and you can support us at Patreon as well. And yeah, I mean, we'll have probably the links in the description below. Uh, so yes. Thanks again to everyone that has joined us on this stream for our 100th episode. Yeah. Woo. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. <laughs> Thanks, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Uh, bye for now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: bye. Okay.
2: Bye.
0: Until next time.
2: Goodbye.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> View the films, others tend
1: to forget Come with us and open up the movie, yet.